Downstairs Pub, the Blockout Sports Pod, is back on the air from the aforementioned Downstairs Pub. From behind the master control desk, my name is Travis Carter. I will be your host and moderator for this evening. Over my right shoulder at the high top table is the big fellow, the tuna country, Matt Kempf. And as always, bellied up to the bar, a man whose standing order at every restaurant in the United States is four fried chickens and a Coke, the fabulous one, <laughs> Freddie Benders. <laughs> Fellas, how are we doing tonight? Uh, I was glad to see you finally smiling again. You uh, looked sad over I'm there for a second. Smiling. Yeah, you looked real sad hey, for a tuna, second. Hey, Tuna, wipe that smile off I, your I face. I can't help it. The, sun, the, the light's in my face. I'm grinning because I can't see. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's happening with, with the lights. And uh, I'm just a happy person, Freddie. I don't know what, what I'm sorry. I'm we'll, sorry you're miserable. We'll get into that in a little bit because uh, I saw Tuna at his not happy place <laughs> at one point uh, during the ball game last week. But we will uh, we will get into that and discuss it. Um, as always, we are on social media on Twitter at Blockout Pod. That is at Blockout Pod. This week I am. Uh, going to say it live on the air so that i am held to it we will have a facebook page put up by the time we record our next episode oh cool um we've had a lot of people asking us about that because i know not everybody's on twitter um little pictures of us in here yeah i think uh <laughs> got a big meeting with zuckerberg next week <laughs> um and uh, as always, we want to thank everybody that's been uh, listening, uh, reaches out to us, lets us know uh, that they've been enjoying the show. Uh, if you can, when you listen, uh, leave us a review, uh, follow us, subscribe, give us a like, whatever platform that you uh, listen to the show on, uh, that helps us out a lot. Um, and uh, with that part of the business uh, being out of the way, um, an interesting weekend in NFL football uh two games one that was not competitive in the least uh was interesting for some other reasons maybe but uh a total disaster but the AFC championship game the one that uh was of interest to uh my two cohorts here uh was exceedingly entertaining especially for me, as I really didn't have a dog in the fight and uh, was just enjoying the fact that it was a good, uh, close game. First, first before we get into that, because I know we want to get into deep detail on that game, uh, let's just talk about a little bit about the NFC Championship game where, unfortunately, Brock Purdy hurts his elbow. Was that the first series of the game? That's the game I was saying was a total disaster. Uh. <laughs> I think it might have been their second possession. Um, he started out four for four for 23 yards. I was late getting over to Freddy's for that game. So I don't know if that, I was too. And I, I almost as soon was, as I walked in was yeah. when the injury. So I happened. think it might have been their second possession. Okay. Um, and obviously that changes the entire complexion of that game where 
<laughs> you almost had to bring in Christian McCaffrey to play quarterback. See, I think we got cheated on that. Um, Kyle yeah, Shanahan is this like offensive guru. You're telling me with like Debo Samuels and Christian McCaffrey, let them get back there and just get creative, old school, army style football with that. And, and, and why didn't that happen? I, I felt like it just would have threw them off guard. It it would have been much better than was it Josh Johnson? Well, yeah. I mean, and I, I'm not saying he looked like a deer in the headlights, rightly so. Uh-huh. Which, uh, fun, you know, it was funny when they brought him in the game, and we're all looking at each other, going, "Who is this guy?" And I Googled him right on the spot. I think I even made the uh, made the comment that. Uh, I was one of like 10 million people in the United yeah, States Googling. Googling who is this guy. And, and about that time, the first place, he gets hit so hard he swallows his mouthpiece. <laughs> <laughs> and he had, was it, this was his 15th year in, yeah. in professional like, I, football, not necessarily NFL. NFL Europe, it Canada. Was his, it was his 14th professional team. He played in the XFL the Alliance of American Football, the World <laughs> Football League, um, the everywhere but arena. The Birmingham Iron. Did he play? Yeah, <laughs> baby, love yeah. that team. And so you know, and San Francisco's defense put up a very game effort. I think lost in all, and we haven't discussed this yet, even before the show. But lost in the fact that San Francisco was. A, playing their fourth or fifth string quarterback from the beginning of the year was Jalen Hurts did not play well. No, No, he didn't. Uh I mean, some of their defenders played really good for the 49ers. Uh, Keep going, Ted. Knock it out. Yeah. I'll get back to that. I I got one big question with this, though. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I kept hearing that he was going to be healthy enough to play if needed in the Super Bowl. I guess he wasn't on the active roster at all, and so he was unable to play. Is is that? Yeah. So I feel like San Francisco maybe should have bumped Josh Johnson down and made or bumped somebody to make an emergency quarterback situation. Just you never know in situations like that. And really, would you rather have a banged up Jimmy Garoppolo or Josh Johnson to try to get you to the Super Bowl? Hey, and all credit to Josh Johnson, who was a uh, practice squad player yeah, like two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. And was just, I, they just give him the ball, go, uh, can you get us to the Super Bowl? Um, little, so uh, clearly he was in a spot <laughs> that he was not anticipating. And given the circumstances, I mean, he was okay. But, but I think what you were talking about earlier, Tuna, with get. Uh, McCaffrey and Debo back there. I thought that was going to happen. Because that's the only chance you had to move the football. Wildcat galore, man, is what I wanted. Yeah, and credit to Philly's defense. They were all over the place, too. But I, I felt like Kyle Shanahan, who's this offensive guru, is could have come up with something. I, I felt like they... Did we not think that Purdy had an easy shot to get injured in that game? I mean, dude, we know that that line was going to come at him. Matter of fact, Tuna and I were in the garage in the garage bar, going, "Wait a minute!" We talked about all these prop bets. Why in the hell did we not bet Brock Purdy in the under See, on everything, even 
knowing that he might get injured or not knowing that he might get injured didn't matter. That would have been a great bet. I didn't really think that he was going to get injured. I was just, if you go back last week, I was mainly talking about his performances on the road in his history of playing. Uh, Not against the Eagles. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, he has been bad on the road and then playing in the link in the playoffs. Like, I should have took the under. And then you always, anytime you take an under, you have the injury possibility that does help right, you. Right, right. Not to be the guy not to win money off somebody's injuries. Right, but right. to go back to Jalen Hurts, he did struggle a little bit. He, he ran the ball well. What do you have? Um, yeah, 39 he, yards and yeah. a rushing touchdown, 11 carries. Um, his shoulder, I, I guess it, it might still be a little banged up. I don't think they needed him. I, I don't want to make up any more injuries or get accused of, of, of making up phantom injuries. But uh, I mean, Gainwell, <laughs> Scott, and – uh, Sanders basically all got 50 yards. Yeah. Gainwell looked really, really good. Yeah, Gainwell had 26 receiving also. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's he dangerous when he gets in the open field. But, yeah, I'm with you, though, Travis. Uh, and, dude, hey, by Jalen Hurts did not look like the world beater that he has all year. So What about you talking about? Uh, a game plan for the Wildcat or something. McCaffrey had 85, 85 yards or 84 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He was running the ball hard and running it good. I mean, it really was there to possibly happen. Well, that early touchdown that uh, that the Niners made, I mean, he was he was the offense. Absolutely. On that drive. Right, I mean, right, he, yeah. did, right. he did everything. Um, but Reddick for the Eagles had one hell of a game. That yep. guy was a one-man wrecking crew. And I mean, if you look at that, there, San Francisco was out there blocking him in single single man, yeah. like solo blocking him with a tight end. Like I mean, no, I'm with you. It was a, it was a uh, at it was some a point disaster. double teams have to come in. How many weird things happened in that game besides just that? Remember, we looked at each other and like this is just a, an absolute disaster. And it, didn't it seem like there was a lot of flags in that game, too? Uh, yeah, weird flags. Remember, just, the rep was lost a couple times. Yeah, they didn't know like, what was going on. The, the ball hit the, the, the crosswire on, yeah. the, on, on the, the camera. Nobody knew happened. how to react to that. Like, it was it was almost <laughs> like we were all watching our first football game ever along with the refs. Like, we were all just dumbfounded. It was so. a great lead-up to our game. <laughs> yeah. And um, then you look at Debo Samuel's number. It's six rushes for minus nine yards. Yeah, I mean, granted, nothing. one of them was like a, a minus twenty-two well, where dude, he ran backwards. Right. But I don't know his stats. But I can, if I had to guess, I would say Brandon Ayuk had no catches. One for ten. Okay, one for ten. Mm. Like, and I get it. No quarterback to throw to him. But dude, come on, Shanahan. Like, I feel like they just kind of remember Purdy would come back in. And he would be looking at his elbow like, guys, I can't throw. Now, like, <laughs> maybe you guys can answer this because they're calling it a Tommy John injury. Like, it's a UCL, which is the equivalent tendon. of a Tommy John injury. And they're saying a six-month recovery time. And all these baseball pitchers all over the, the internet are saying, hey, how is this guy going to recover in six months? Oh, okay. I'm like, not, I'm, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, you know about I that more than me. I don't know anything other than, like, following a bunch of baseball pitchers and – if they're saying a UCLA or a UCL is the equivalent of a Tommy John injury, then I trust them because I ain't got a damn clue. Right. Like, so. are they saying, I mean, the way to fix that is you put a cadaver tendon because, you know, that's what yeah. a Tommy John surgery yes. is. They take Which, by the way, how awful has it got to be that have the, like the, the name of the surgery named after you? Well, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> By that same token, yeah. it's named after him because before him, mm. that injury ended your career. Yeah, you're right. And after him, he won a Cy Young. So how come the ACL tear isn't called something cool? Like, I, I don't know. know. I wonder who the first guy was to get an ACL and come back from it. It certainly wasn't it was Gale Bo- Sayers. Bo- Booby Miles from uh, Friday Night Lights. <laughs> Boog Powell. <laughs> That's what I thought he was going to say when I went boo. I thought he was going to say Boog Powell. <laughs> no. Boog Powell came Booby back. Miles. He had to get ready for Midland League coming the to Oreos. town. Um. Quickly, I did want to touch on one other thing in the NFC before we get to the uh, to the big game of the weekend and just touch on the fact that uh, Tom Brady has announced his retirement again. Do we have to talk about that? Just, <laughs> just for a minute. Okay. We do need to at least recognize the fact that one of the all-time great NFL players appears to have hung up his cleats for good. Um, I, I mean, I, I've obviously as a Colts fan was never a fan of the Patriots or of Tom Brady. I respect the hell out of what he accomplished in his career. Um, I wonder if he wishes he wouldn't have come back for this last season. Greg, Greg See, I think he uh, used that as an excuse for uh, the divorce. Yeah. I think I think he was maybe done, and he's like, she's going to leave me if I play football again. And he's like, I really don't want to play, but you know what? Screw it. This will, this will be like a nice excuse on why. He's like, in a couple apparently months, she'll be she dating laying, a yoga instructor yeah. anyway. She was and, laying the whip down on him, apparently, yeah. or something. Well, she's on a beach riding horses with her yoga instructor well, right now, so thing, she's just fine. Greg Olson, get out your resume. Well, he's going to be calling the Super Bowl. And I think he can name if they bring Brit Because here's the thing. He is really good, Greg Ols. He lets and the players play. He doesn't talk too much. Here's the thing. What's the action. How do we know? Stuff. We have no idea if Tom Brady is going to be any good in the booth at do, all. Do you remember when Joe Montana I in do. the booth? And I it do. was awful yeah it was yeah, a train was terrible yeah. so like he's way better sitting at a bar talking to guys just because you're good at football does not mean you're good it doesn't translate so, so we don't know how it's going to be i actually read a thing with 37 Olsen. and a half million by the way is what fox has given him yeah it's insane to per me year. per year i read year. a thing with olsen he's making more calling 18 games 18 to 20 games a year than Shohei Utani is this year playing baseball. That's insane. And I saw a thing where Olsen said, you know, I kind of knew what I was getting into when I took the job. I knew that Brady was going to – he said, but my goal coming into it was going to make it that it was going to be real difficult for them to replace me. And I think he's done that. Oh, and I, They'll find and a spot for I him. Think, I think he can write his own ticket. I'm going to tell you, I think – over the course of maybe the past month, he has matured so much. Like it's almost like the last month he's excelled so much at calling the game. Oh yeah, um, I really love that. Two he, weeks ago was was he his lets prime. It play. Moment. I love that you hear like mm-hmm. the the players in the crowd for a while. He kind of lets it go for about ten extra seconds. Oh, Romo before just he says talking, something. Man. Romo just blah, 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 so. I think it's kind of cool how he does it, and and he knows his, his uh, stuff. He knows his stuff. Yeah, but to get back to Tom Brady, man, um, 
you got to respect him. Uh, what he's given to the game and what he's like, what he does to keep his body going, you kind of have to appreciate right. that. For a guy that really like has accomplished everything, what drives you to keep doing that year in and year out? Right. And that's kind of why I appreciate that. Like he could have hung it locker up. Room. He could have hung it up. You know, five, ten years ago, and sure. still been a first ballot Hall of Famer, oh, of and, right. and you know, accomplished everything. And he and, didn't want to end it like this. No, but like but I said, you know, I, lot, I think when you he hear all the, the players say it, Favre, everybody, it's the locker room. Yeah, it's the locker room and the relationships that drive all these guys. That's why that's I'm, what they miss the most. Surprise! Besides the game on Sunday, some of these more of these guys don't start working with front offices as like you know just PR guys or you know just there, there has to be some like figurehead job around the organization where you could keep out there. But I know it's not the same as playing, but I don't know. I appreciate it. And with um, Brady's always kind of been a villain to me. Like he's always been the guy that's ruined or ended my season or, you know, he just always has done that. And it's yeah, almost you're like the choir there. you're losing your villain. And and you, it's almost like I don't know. It's just a spot of it's gone. But with that, like, comes a new villain, and that new villain is Joe Burrow. Oh, he's here. So that's where I'm at with that. And he's bagging groceries. You think <laughs> Joe Burrow is the new villain of the NFL? He's the to new villain to me. <laughs> I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying that every fan base, every fan has a villain. Whenever you see a team lose like the Bengals lost and you see Burrow and you hear what he says after the game, you better be scared. What did he say? Did he talk? I didn't hear him say that. Yeah, he said, you know what? We had a great season. I thought all the guys played super hard. We all gave it our best. And, you know, we just got to learn from this. Uh, Try to learn from every mistake we made like we did last year. And we'll be back. Bye. I did think. It's that simple to him. Everything is simple to him. He will be back, ready to go. Nothing nothing freaking bothers him. Simple Joe. The the quote quote I heard that I thought was really good was, you know, it's a cliche in sports. Like, their window on a, you know, for championships is closing. Their window is opening. And they asked him, uh what he felt that uh, the Bengals' window was for winning a championship, and he said... As long as I'm playing. Yeah. He basically said, as long as I'm the quarterback here, Mm -hmm. the window is open. And I I think that's pretty cool. Simple Joe. Um, That brings (laughs) us to the AFC championship game, which... uh, Freddie Tuna and I... uh, watched the game together along with our weekly guest uh uh sports picker colin yeah we had Uh, fun we had a great time well some of us most of us had a great time because there was a point in the second half where no first half was it late in the first half yeah right right before half okay right before half time before ribeye Uh, steak on a stick, ribeye, peppers, onions came out. So it was right at the end of the first half. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think we're having a good time. We're having a couple of drinks. 
We're talking about the game. I'm uh, not happy. I don't think anybody is. Uh, I mean, my is, team's down. Is overexerting themselves as far as you know, getting too upset or screaming or anything like that. And uh, we're watching the game in Freddie's uh, garage bar, and which some of you that listen are familiar with that. And Tuna walks out the door. And well, T. Higgins caught a nice little tiptoe touchdown real quick. All of a sudden, you know, it's five minutes later, and I said, uh, <laughs> I said, where's Tuna? And uh, another friend of ours that was there said, oh, I saw him pull off in his truck. And I said, no, he didn't leave. <laughs> We're having a great time watching this game. And sure enough, I, I, I walk out. I out, said, the hell he did. I walked out of the garage, and I looked, and I said, well, his truck is gone. And, Tuna, we have not seen you since you left until you came here tonight yeah, to I record have... this podcast. Defend yourself, Tuna. I had oh an emergency God. situation. Where's your attorney? Uh, I left my oven on, and I just realized <laughs> that I had to go home and shut it off. Yeah, his Hungry Jack uh, TV dinner <laughs> yeah, was burned yeah. up in there. <laughs> my Salisbury steak got ruined. And, All right, and, and the uh, the cr- uh, what is it that's with that? Don't you get the uh, apple crumble? The apple crumble. <laughs> it was a blackberry. Uh, blackberry, like tart. blackberry. Yeah, tart. No that's tuna, tuna. I want to know why you left, and 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 when I say left, I don't mean said guys abruptly. I'm leaving. I'll see you all later. I'm talking about he didn't speak. He stood up, he walked out the door, and left. <laughs> and then we haven't seen him until tonight. All right. I'm definitely one who lacks self-awareness. <laughs> but when it comes to watching elimination sporting events, I am fully aware of the type of person that I become. <laughs> and it is the worst version of myself. <laughs> and I usually watch games like that, elimination games, solo. Because I know how I get. And and I don't want to be around people when I'm like that. I was guilted and talked into watching this game with Freddie <laughs> and other Bengals fans. Well, really, he was the only Bengal fan. No, 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 no he no, was wait, the only Bengal fan. Wait, 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 wait. Uh-huh. I'm going to jump in right there. Uh-huh. Because I know you were not guilted into watching that game. <laughs> it was your idea. Oh, that's, that's crazy right. talk. You crazy sent talk. the text out to us and said... Uh-huh. I want to get together and watch that game. I don't is remember. that or is that not true? I was clearly not in the right state of mind. I don't remember any of this. I think you guys <laughs> are crazy talking. Bourbon cup I don't even was know. Was on yeah. the bar, so he wasn't only drinking a couple coldies. He had the bourbon out. I did have a couple, a couple <laughs> drinks of the corn liquor. But so watching that drive end, and and knowing all the injuries that we had in our secondary. And watching our three rookie corner, I'm not gonna. Th- I'm gonna say what two. Was the score, by the way, it was. Um, it was low. It was. Was it I mean, seventeen we to tied ten it with the T? I think so. The T. Thirteen. It was thirteen to six. Six. Yeah. And then that tied at thirteen tied thirteen it. at halftime. Right. So, but watching that drive before halftime, where we were down to three rookie cornerbacks. Now Trent McDuffie played his butt off. He really did. But the other two could not locate the ball to save their life. And watching Cincinnati complete five third downs on that drive 
I can see it building up in your body. Every third down that converted, my blood pressure went up three <laughs> to four knots. My face had to have been beet red, as red as chief red. And you already knew that I was upset over something we'll talk about here. Watching that ball go to T. Higgins with two cornerbacks looking up in the stands in the air, not having a clue what's going on. He was double covered. And the two guys had no idea where the ball even was. And for that to, to get it, on yeah. top of all those third down conversions, I was about to blow a gasket. And when I'm there, and and God bless your wife, she's sitting right there, and I'm about to lose it, and I didn't want her to like watch yeah, me folks, lose it. She, folks, my wife uh, rolled in at halftime, and she's like uh, sat down and cracked open a seltzer, whatever the hell those things are, and she goes, uh, what's wrong with you, Matt? You're winning. <laughs> And he goes, he gave this whole uh, synopsis down, and right after that, bam, T. Higgins catches a touchdown, and then he's gone. I had to remove myself from the situation before I did or said anything that I would regret for a long time. (laughs) Now. Life went on from there. It did. continued. Now, so we got to the bottom of that scenario. Now. Fred, I understand that you have uh, procured a gift. I have a gift for Country Matt right here live in the studio. I like presents. What we got? That I got for him. It's wrapped in red. You got to open it. Open it in the microphone. Open it in the microphone. There we go. Okay. I lay it on the table. Well, I can't do it in the microphone and on on the the table. table. It is not a bad gift. Oh, what do you think? Oh, socks. Cheez-Its. Oh, wait a minute. Cheez-Its. They're not cheap socks. They're Cheez-Its socks. I'm feeling the cheesiest. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, dude. Love it. Oh, my God. Here, hang on. This will be good content. They're not uh, cheap socks, even though they're red and yellow, that horrible color like McDonald's. But as you clock Why do you hate open, Ronald McDonald? They are Cheez-Its socks for the cheesy del- uh, exit from the bar. <laughs> I love it, man. Great game. That's funny. We even took uh. the uh, Indian out of the bar for the game, and I want everyone to know what that is so we're not... It's a it is cigar a, store Indian. It is Indian. a cigar <laughs> store Indian, a chief. That I got that my uh, godfather gave to me from one of the smoke shops, and it's a Hiawatha brand Indian. That is the I don't know if you ever had Hiawatha brand cigars, but they're like wood tips. And this Indian used to be in the uh, uh, I'm sure nicely right, painted Indian. Was, right when was you walked right in, when you walked in, and he they gave that to him when they shut the store down. And he gave it to me. It's been in the bar, uh, the garage bar, for years. And of course, it's been cursing us. Not like it's it. it's cursed me it. every since. It stares at me, There's and it makes my teams lose. Hat sitting on it or uh, something, and uh, that's what the Indian is. We well, took it out of the bar for him. I put a boa Almost on it one my time. Damn back getting it out of the bar for him. I put a boa on it one time and dressed it up and put a sombrero on him. <laughs> And I think ever since that day, he's been cursing me. And, yeah. and I, I, he looks at me funny, and I don't like him. Now, so 
all that getting all out that of the way. Aside. All that getting out of the way. Can I give uh, my little? T- yeah. I am the host and moderator. Fred. Yeah, you sit I'm over sorry, and wet your I'm turn, sorry. Frederick. I'm a little worked up. Um, I was going to go to you first. Uh, the loser has uh, has first crack, well, and then uh, and then we'll let the winner uh, give his rebuttal, and then I'll let you guys go back and forth a little bit. But first, Fred, uh, we had talked about the offensive line. Uh, how well they played in the previous game. And they really, uh, obviously, the intensity, the level of competition had ratcheted up. Uh, They struggled a little bit. Um, Just give me your quick thoughts on uh, what you saw, what you liked, what you didn't like, and what you uh, eventually think that the difference in the ball game was. Well, uh, at the very beginning, now, I I have watched the Bengals every game this year, and I know, just like uh, Tuna knows how his team starts off, I know how our team normally starts off. And I do know that Joe Burrow always starts off in the shotgun. However... I do know this, and I went back and looked at it and double-checked myself. And I know that when the Bengals establish a somewhat of a running game, I'm not saying that we're freaking running the ball like uh, Joe Mixon did against whoever the hell it was when he had 180 yards and four touchdowns, five touchdowns. No, that was a buzzsaw game this year. I'm talking about when you establish the run like, hey, I got an idea. The first freaking handoff. How about you hand it off to Joe Mixon and get him involved? First class citizen. We know that he can't. uh, We'll get back to that. (laughs) Joe's in a little trouble right now. But uh, he wasn't then. And, uh, sure and, and was, you know, if you, know, if you look back, actually, ironically, at the Buffalo game, uh, he we established the run. I thought all that was taken care of. Uh, you know, we're not playing. Uh, so, uh, uh, now, I did look back, and the Chiefs do have one of the top ten ranked rush defenses. So what? <laughs> you establish the run a little bit. I'm talking about three yards, folks. Hand the ball off at the beginning and establish a running game uh, like maybe on first or second down, okay? I thought we had all that taken care of because in the past games that we've won, that has happened. The games that we lost, Joe Mixon was nowhere to be found, folks. Trust me on that. And what happens? The first quarter, the Bengals pretty much wrapped it up in a sack threw it in a bag, and lit it on fire. Because the first quarter, this whole game was lost for the Bengals in the first quarter. I'm going to tell you that right now. Joe Burrow was not used. Let me okay, Seven rushes for 19 yards. Don't make me go vomit right now. Let me tell you. Uh, oh, by the way, oh, you, you want to know what P. Ryan did? Little P. Ryan, Mr. Pass Protector, five yards for 22 yards. Big deal. Let me tell you something. Joe Burrow, you saw him get his That's head over 40 ripped yards off. Of carry. His head ripped. I told you last week that there was a player that I was worried about. His name's Chris Jones, and he played a great game. 
Their defense played a great game. And you know why? Because we didn't establish the run. We had Burrow back there in his little cocky uh, shotgun, and no one was open. Shocker. Because if you do play action, people begin to get open. I'm just talking about starting the game off, folks, in the first freaking quarter. And we, Joe Burrow almost, I don't know, Patrick Holmes was injured. I have no idea how Burrow wasn't injured. He couldn't do nothing. There were three sacks in the first freaking eight plays where he got his head ripped off. That is where you establish a running game. After that, you don't have time to establish a running game. Hello? Yeah, I don't I – don't, neither one of these teams established any form of running game. Uh, Pacheco got, got shut down um, also. So, I mean, what, what Cincinnati had 17 attempts. Pacheco didn't get shut down. 10 carries for 26 yards. Yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> Five mean, catches for 60. I'm I'll talking a, I'm talking about in the running game. Okay, well. I said hey, neither one of these teams can, can develop the running game. Where's Mixon catching balls? He, he had wasn't. three for 15. Right. So, <laughs> I – I don't know, man. I'm with you. Uh, maybe they should have attempted to run the ball more. Dude, just at the beginning to get a little flow going. But all I'm saying. I will I'm disagree like, about the wide receivers not being open. Those guys were open downfield nonstop. If you go back and look at the all 22, how wide open those guys were. The problem is, is that Joe Burrow was just under pre. He had no time that entire game. I, I get it, but like, that's what a running game is. Well, you have to let your, your receivers run the route, and and those guys. I mean, they they didn't have time to run their full their routes fully, but Kansas City was out there with three kids playing playing corner, and you guys they were definitely open. Um, so I disagree with you there, but maybe Cincinnati I mean, should have attempted to run the ball me. more. I'm just talking about a little running game. Story. No, I'm with you. Maybe like, they should like, have ran about, the ball more. I don't ever understand why 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 uh, the first play of the game. Like, what happened to the NFL football when you don't just hand it off to your freaking quarterback the first play of the game? Like, I don't understand why that doesn't happen. You know, know why it doesn't? Maybe the, the mayor Bengals of Cincinnati should have been calling plays. And they plays. thought they could make a freaking, some stupid pass play from 30 yards. All right, I'm starting to lose my mind here. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, right. I've got a couple other things. How about uh, on third and three? How about third what? and three in the fourth quarter when it's 20 to 20? Mm-hmm. Third and three. How about a... 60-yard pass to freaking Higgins on the interception. Play of the game, folks. Mm-hmm. How about third and three? Hey, coach, how about we get the third down? How about we get the first down? What in the world was that play? 20 to 20. to 20. How much was that? Was that coach or how much you was that You want to know Burrow? how much time was, was left? That, was that Joe Cool? Because I got it written down right was here. Was that Joe Cool deciding to make two, that pass? Seven minutes and two Interesting seconds. Interesting question. Yeah, seven minutes and two seconds. I don't left think in the game. I don't third think third three, and we go for Zach that ball. Taylor was like, "Go out there and rip it downfield, Joey." <laughs> I think Joey took it upon himself, thinking because I've heard him I say think that was a play call. Screw dude. it, they're down there somewhere. I think our coaches is every bit as cocky as Eli Apple or anybody else in that. Well, I know that host. I, state I was worried that our coach cocky. was a little overconfident. Yeah, that. Uh, there was a lot I mean, of chatter what about the coming. Punt to Sky Moore. Hey, we forgot to tackle on special teams. I mean, uh, dude, 
and I don't even want to get into Osai. You know what? Keep crying, punk. Uh, you made a horrible play. You were on the Bengals' sideline. You knew that he was out of bounds. I have nothing for you, pal. Nothing. Yes, you had two sacks in the game. You're a rookie, but I got nothing for you. You should have known better, period. And get, get it off your chest, bro. Just vent it. We're, here's, we're here. This here's, is a safe space. Here's where uh, where I have a difficult time with that. And in real time, we're watching the game. I mean, I was the first one that jumped up and was going, you can't do that. What are you doing? You can't do that. Man, Trust got to be an asshole ref to make body. that call. But, no, dude, these are these are – the best athletes in the world going at a thousand miles an hour trying to go to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I get it. And the time you have to make that decision, and and look, it was a bad mistake, and he knows Absolutely. he made a mistake, and everyone knows he made a mistake. But you know, it was one play in the ball game. See, unlike it was one play in the ball game. Hey, if you're the rep, don't ever let the g- be bigger than what the game is. Unlike well, Freddie, I have compassion, and um, I-, I felt like you didn't have compassion to say bye when you left. Well, I don't have compassion for you, knuckleheads. <laughs> no, but, but, no, I'm with you. Like the ref, professional made the, athletes made, are the only people that I really the care refs about. Should have a feel of how the game is going. They knew that this game is going well, to probably come but, down to overtime. But, but, but they I mean, didn't have to make that call. But it was I feel call like the official had to make. that If you call. don't make that to. call, they're going to get blasted worse right. than they did if they made the. I call. I feel like he had to. He absolutely. But had what to make I'm that call. saying is, where's the Bengals people on the bench trying to push this guy away? Like it looked like they didn't even have any idea what was going on. If you really look at the game, and I've watched it twice, the people on the bench, like one dude scratching his balls over there on the bench. Like, they're not even looking. To, there's no. I'm not sure what the guy's jock itch has to I do with the situation. I don't understand what people were doing on well, the bench when he ran him issues. over. No one was even over there. Like, hey, man, you ever go wore in a girdle? there and try to. Uh, I don't know, dude. I, I, it was just I'm just weird. saying like, that. Like, that Knock out the Gatorade went flying we, everywhere. We put things down to one play when there are. 20 plays in the game that mean just as much. Now that was happened to be the last play. Mm-hmm. I get it. And it was a it was a mistake. But I think Bucker makes the kick anyway. Well, he was it, only hitting from 50. It would have been interesting. It would have been interesting. So, uh Freddie, we gave you Wait, your I have time. one more thing oh, I want to say. Oh my god, of course you do. I want to give a shout out to Hilton. You played awful. Horrible. You were worse than Eli Apple. Your man had 114 yards and a touchdown and ain't, and hasn't had that in God knows how many games. I mean, Sammy Watkins popped up out of the freaking... I mean, Valdez Scantling had the game of his life, and Hilton, you're the reason. Number 21. Uh, and That's all, it. Uh, I think Mike Hilton was the one that ran his mouth first by calling it Burrowhead, did he not? Mike Hilton was the originator of Burrowhead yeah, comment? Well, he got his ass waxed. Okay. By Vandez, whoever his name is, from Green Bay. 
which who hasn't had a hundred yard game in about ten games. All right, Fred, I'm putting you I'm on. Done. I'm putting you in the corner for keep, a second. Keep going, uh, no, Tuna. Now I would like to you to give your level headed, <laughs> rational. Uh, analysis of the game much like fred just did i, I mean honestly uh, freddie wrapped it all up he's harder on the Bengals than i was ever going to think about being <laughs> i mean geez gosh um i i don't really have anything to say about the Bengals other than they got what was coming oh. for them but why don't you focus on your team? Yeah, yeah dude. How about the injuries? I, Hardman, Smith, Schuster, Sneed. That's where I'm getting Tony, to. Tony, good God. We honestly had Gary and Joey, uh, two dudes working at Valvoline out there playing wide receiver for yeah. us there at the end. So Besides Superman. Yeah, and it, Kelsey. No, Valdez Scantling. Oh. And, and that's the thing. Like, if that game were to went to overtime, there's no we couldn't get anybody open there at the end. Sky Moore who I've been complaining about all year because, I mean, they, they actually took him off the, the uh, punt returns because he kept fumbling them. But we had no choice. We made him – he had to come in and do punt returns. Well, sure as hell, the kid had the biggest play of his rookie year by running that back like he did. And I, I don't know. Um, defense played great considering all the injuries. I mean, you lose Willie Gay. You lose Legereus Sneed. I thought Reed played big. You know, there was Reed played his butt off. You know, like seven or eight times. We had seven rookies starting or playing in that game. Seven rookies out of the starting 22. Out of the 22 on the field, seven of them were rookies. Basically, every kid we drafted was playing. Which. uh, Can I throw this in too? I could not believe some of the plays that Mahomes made on third down. I'm talking touchdowns, people. That one touchdown that he threw to Valdez Scantling was freaking phenomenal. He strong armed that right into the end zone. I don't know how. I still I don't, don't know how he did it. How he gutted up and ran for that play over to the sideline that you guys were talking about earlier. Yeah. I mean, when he took off, I was like, well, he's going to ruin that ankle worse, and we're screwed, and Tad Henney's going to have to come in in overtime win this game. And he somehow who could he could barely stand up there Dude, at the end was, of the game. And I get and remember I said he wasn't hurt that bad. He yeah. was hurt. Yeah, I mean he had no receivers. But I just, and, some of those remember? Do you remember watch Travis? We were talking about. It seemed like every time it was third down, it was like third and like twelve or whatever. And dude, it was like and what not, did I not keep saying? A crusher. It was a touchdown. Some like I, I think kept that saying twice. I kept saying every and it was. I mean. A lot of times it would be a third and six, third, third and seven, six, something like right. that. But he got and it. I said, I just feel like every time they line up for this, they're going to get it. every. I, I just right. feel like they're going to get it every time. Now, That's just how I feel. Have you guys been able to get an explanation yet fully on the blown whistle when we were about to punt the ball there and we ended up getting a, actually an extra down? <laughs> I saw, yeah. Yeah, that was like – I was. That was an interesting You could scenario. see where the ref came running out to stop the play, but you couldn't hear, and I guess the stadium was so loud, but it, it still seemed like we almost got an and, extra down added on top of and that. And that is a huge play, and I'm glad you yes. brought that up because I honestly had forgotten about that until you just mentioned it. I'm getting and I haven't, now. And I haven't heard anybody 
talk about that. I mean, if I was a Bengals fan, that's the one call that I'd be irate about. And it, basically because I didn't understand it. Nobody, uh, I mean, Troy Aikman, or not Troy Aikman, but uh, Tony Romo, he had no clue what was going on. Nobody, no. I don't think anyone really had a full understanding of that. And all week long, listening to Talking Heads, I have yet to been able to get a full explanation for That's that. That's a great point, and I'm glad you brought that up. Because I, I think we, uh, uh, in all the analysis that I've listened to about we that game, robbed. we're the first ones that have brought <laughs> that up. And now, oh well, boy, maybe Tuna. I'm just stupid and, and don't get no, it. Tuna, like, now, now you have Jerry or Freddie robbed. Now Fred is completely convinced. <laughs> Mission that, uh, accomplished. That the NFL is rigged against his beloved was Bengals. I, where was I during that play? No, I'm, I know what y'all. Well, doing. apparently Arian Foster Dude. says that all the games are rigged. <laughs> I know, which <laughs> I thought was really funny. Yeah, that was, that that was awesome. Funny. I listen to that podcast all the time, microdosing, and uh, yeah. but it's all satire. It's it's really funny. But right. he, he was just joking. But I thought that was great. Like how he played that up, oh. and I love seeing Sports Illustrated like the headline that they ran. With yeah, I know. It's yeah, like, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Um. Tuna, do you have anything else to add to that, or do you want to talk a little bit about uh, – because we will get into the Super Bowl matchup in depth next, next week. week. Sure. Uh, but I don't know if you had anything you wanted to talk about. Just uh, He just wants to smile and eat his pumpkin pie. Yeah, I would I would like to bring up the mayor of Cincinnati again. Like, oh, like what God. are you doing? Like, why, 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 why would you say that you need a paternity test to prove that Joe Burrow is Patrick Mahomes' daddy? And then he named a day he after total that game. Idiot. Like what? <laughs> Who's advising him? I don't understand why it had to get to all that. Is I Joe don't... Mixon his PR guy? <laughs> uh, Joe Mixon's <laughs> our next guest uh, next week down here at <laughs> <laughs> the Ohio State Penitentiary. Uh, no, dude. I I don't know. I mean, we're a mess now. You know what happens. Look at the Georgia Bulldogs. But I feel like if there's any fan base that would be humbled, Cincinnati Bengals have been terrible my entire life. Take away the 88 season. Other than that, terrible my whole life. Maybe the like couple years with Carson Palmer, well, they, they were decent. Yeah. But like if there's ever a fan base that should be ha- like humbled in any way, it's them. They get success for like two years, and you'd think that you're playing Alabama every week. Uh, drink first, one. First, I had drink to make that one. first Alabama reference. <laughs> That's the first Take time in. This is our. Uh, this is, by the way, our thirteenth episode, and uh, this is the first time. Yep. Yeah, yep. Nope. This is thirteen. Lucky thirteen. And this is the first time that uh, the first Alabama mention in the show has not been made by. Fred, and not only has it not been made by Fred, it's usually made by Fred in the first seven minutes. Yeah. Well, well now that we're broadcast. on it, I'm going to make a second one. Hey. Kudos to the number one recruiting class in the country. I, uh, uh, oh my! I, God. I had two goals today going into this podcast, and that was to get Freddie riled up, check, and to mention Alabama before him, check. Beat you, dude. <laughs> And to get some Cheez-Its. Yeah, with that being said, we'll see you next week. (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing else. I'm checking Uh, out. Hey, uh, we did have a little bit of breaking news as we're talking about the Bengals and 
the lack of a running game, uh, etc. We had yeah. some breaking news right before we started recording this tonight. Uh, it is Thursday night as we record this. Yeah, pour it on. That uh, Joe Mixon, uh, do you know, has he been formally arrested or is there just a a complaint against him? I I didn't see that per se, but... What? <laughs> Joe Mixon did something illegal? But, <laughs> I'm not oh, buying yeah. that. Well, you know what happened? Actually, when you can't get the ball, what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean... He has been, and, and all jokes geez. aside, he's been charged with a very serious crime oh, yeah. of pulling a gun he's on a woman and problems. threatening... I think he's been charged... I, what, what do they call it? Like, it's like... It's like terroristic menacing or something like that, Whoa. which doesn't sound great. And the complaint against him, obviously, uh, in the United States, uh, our justice system is innocent until proven guilty. But he has had some issues in his past. And Tuna and I were talking about this before we went on the air. And sometimes when... And I'm, I mean, I'm the guy that always tries to give people a second chance, a third chance, whatever. But sometimes when people show you who they are, sometimes that's just who they are. And I, I mean, I, I hope like hell that, that, that this isn't true, but it sure doesn't sound good. And you, your benefit this of the, happened before the Buffalo game. Well, your benefit of the doubt level. Oh, it did? Yeah, it happened the night before they played Buffalo. Oh, my gosh. Oh. This wasn't like, I'm pissed. I hate the world. We lost. Uh, which wouldn't, have, which wouldn't have given you an excuse anyway. Any excuse, but I'm just saying, this happened before the Buffalo game. The night before. Uh, scumbag. Buffalo and win. They're going to, you know... I'm sure that it's the most Bengals thing ever. I'm sure that the NFL is going to do. Uh, I thought it was interesting what he said at the end. Is what did he say? He said uh, the cops can't get me. The I cops mean, can't get me. Didn't the cops and, get him once already with Oklahoma? Did, well, but, that was on videotape. Okay, so that okay. Um, and I don't want to get into all that. So this wasn't been videoed or anything. This was just so far an accusation. That is correct. Okay. Okay. Uh, real quick. I mean, that's that's terrible, and I don't want to beat on that too much because, well, you've already beat on us enough. Yeah, I would like to bring up one more scumbag thing that the Bengals did. Oh um, Jesus, we're out of spray paint, pal. There was a uh, <laughs> definitely this week. Uh, there's a a player for the cheat. Well, he was with the Chiefs. He um primarily a special teams player. He was a cornerback, Chris Lamont. You know who he is, Jerry? Never or heard Freddy. of him. Um, yeah. Okay. One driver? No. He was a cornerback slash mostly special teams player for the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs would move him to practice squad and back up to the active roster throughout the week. And with, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire maybe playing or maybe not, they, they relegated him to the practice squad. Um, well, the Bengals – decided to claim him off waivers. I actually heard this story. <laughs> I, I know where you're going with this. The Bengals oh, claimed him off waivers. In your pocket, so, haven't you? so they have the rights to him, and, and he, he can't even join the team. It's not like he can join the team like or, or could. He can't join the team till February 13th, till after the season's over with. 
But basically they did that just so Kansas City could not add him back to the active roster before they played him. So this kid is going to miss an opportunity to play for a Super Bowl with Kansas City because the Bengals made some scumbag move to come in there and claim this kid. It doesn't get more Bengal than that. And they can't, like, get him back. The big, the Chiefs can't no, try to no. get him. No. The, nope. And, I mean, a fine, upstanding citizen coach like uh, Bill Belichick would have never done anything like that. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm he's last... all about he's all about the players first, and Ooh, uh, you know, right. not trying to skirt the rules to his advantage. Yeah, I just um, I feel awful for that kid right now. So, I feel bad for him. Yeah. sorry about it. Sorry, little buddy. Now he's got to go hang out in sorry, slum places buddy. with Joe Mixon. All right, I got. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit to change it up a little bit before we get to basketball i want to let all of our viewers know that uh freddie is a big horse guy that is correct and as are travis and matt <laughs> that uh they just won't let you could go a let couple you ways know about that but they are they just don't follow it as Closely as I do, and I'm not claiming to. I'd follow it a lot more if they let sports uh, gambling in the state. Fred, uh, and I will let everybody know that. uh, Tell them about the book. I am. That's what I was getting ready to talk about. Uh, Fred is on top of the uh, Derby preps, the Triple Crown preps, as early as anybody that I know. He carries, uh, you know, what most people would have called in the 70s and 80s, like a little black book. But instead of <laughs> the numbers of certain females, he has the buyer ratings for three horses that are running in the bluegrass stakes <laughs> or could be running in the bluegrass stakes. Um, At this point, it's just the Southwest. But uh, the Derby preps are getting underway. They are getting started. Yeah, we're, and we're uh, Fred was talking about it. Uh, right before we went on air, and I said uh, he would get three minutes to talk to us quickly about uh, the initial derby preps and some horses that he might have his eye on. Well, guys, I just want to throw some names out there to you is basically all I'm doing because at this point, when you do future wagers, you think that you're going to have a horse that's doing well right now, and then most people bet on all the other two-year-olds. And that's a smart bet because these horses are are still young. They're still green, but they do obtain points every time that they are in a derby prep. And, they are, folks, they are happening every week, okay? Uh, this uh, past week we had the Southwest, uh, which was won by one of the uh, top, top horses in Vegas and uh, – basically on my list arabian night keep an eye on that horse that's here's the deal people the top 10 are basically horses trained by pletcher baffert asmussen and brad cox it's gotten that terrible uh love cox and asmussen there are some others and i'm not talking i'm talking about like top 20 um but anyways i wanted to get through a couple horses. Um, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile winner is my number one. Uh, going through as we move forward to these through these Derby preps, that horse is called Forte. 
Matt Forte. Uh, then we've got uh, my number three, who won the Lecomte, Le- Lecomte and the Kentucky Jockey Club, who's won at Churchill, and that is Instant Coffee. Okay. Uh, I've got another one that's won the Remsen and the Jerome Arctic Arrogance. And then I'm just going to throw a couple names out there uh, on some horses that are really doing well. Uh, in case you want to just jot some down, like uh, Arabian Lion, Having a Meltdown, uh, Practical Move, Victory Formation won the Smarty Jones. Uh, Red Route 1 ran a great race this past week. That was the play the Chiefs called. Frosted Departure, Reincarnate won the Sham, Lugan Knight won the Jerome. These are horses that you guys need to start looking at because their names are going to come up in these preps as we continue on. Uh, this coming weekend, we have another one. Every, basically, every Saturday, we got Derby Works. And the people that know this are laughing because they're like, <laughs> but I'm just saying they know who's who's uh, going to be in entered in these I would say races. the the majority of our listeners are not aware of any of these horses or the races. So I think that you giving this information is mm-hmm. is is more valuable than not because quite frankly, I don't know these horses and these races. I've never so. heard of these horses or races before in my life. So I, I love this educational time with Freddie Benders. Well, right. And, and like Equine for, for minutes in, with Freddie. <laughs> for instance, well, yeah, but for instance, oh, wait till we get further into it. You all will be think I'm a psychopath. But the <laughs> That's whole, what'll do it. The holy, uh, <laughs> the holy bull is this, uh, is this weekend. It's Saturday, okay? Um, it, you know, it's a grade three, 250,000. You get derby points on this race i'm gonna tell you who's in i'm gonna tell you if there's any horses that are on my list and guess what there are uh there are not these are all fresh horses coming in that have not ran past uh that have not really ran against any of some of the top tier horses so keep an eye on that race and let's see what happens in the holy bull Post times four five forty three p.m. Now, what track is the Holy Bull take place at? Uh, Gulfstream Park. Okay, so okay. when I'm going to bet, like I need to know the park. Well, that I'm Lord Miles go. is coming off the favorite out of Curlin. Lord Miles. Okay, that's a Joseph Saffy horse. Uh, there, there's a, a Cyclone Mischief is a Dale Rose. Wait, there horse. was a race called Curlin, or he's sired by Curlin sired okay and uh but basically that that is the chalk on that coming out uh that that's one of the smaller ones um the i mean the holy bull is a good a a good uh prep but there's a couple as we go along there's going to be better uh you know races coming up than just the holy bull the robert b lewis is also this weekend as i'm looking and uh, let's see who's in the Robert B. Lewis. This is another uh, Derby prep that is the same time as these. All right, let's check them out, guys, real quick. <laughs> All right, this is the, the the Robert E. Lewis is in Santa Anita. We got Arabian Lion 
You saw him. You heard him. He's one of my top horses. He is in the 7-5 to five morning line odds. Newgate, another great horse. Bob Baffert. And let's Ooh. keep looking. Let's keep looking. Can Baffert race at Churchill now? That's or? it, guys. There's about five horses running in that, but it's at Santa Anita. That's where Bob runs his horses. Mm. And bottom line, they're getting points no matter who runs against them and how many run. Oh, it's about time to crack my knuckles into the horse game, I guess. I'm telling you, you got to start getting in. Uh, yeah, it's this time of year. And we will. It's we more will, work than I like to put in. We will certainly. And I, Freddie, I thank you for uh, yeah. giving us that little preview as uh, Derby not, prep I'm season not 100% starts. I'm percent prepared like I normally am. It's just it, I'm just jotting horses no, down you're right now. Resident equestrian expert. But but you know it will get deeper as we go on, guys. Of course it will. Um, but our first and foremost thought is, uh, you know, everybody's going to be getting together uh, a week from Sunday for. Super Bowl, whether it be a party at someone's house. Uh, I mean, I think that's what most people like to do. Maybe if you go to a bar or restaurant, especially here in Louisville, um, you have an opportunity to get uh, to get this product. But if you're going to have a party at your house or you're going somewhere and they need you to bring something unique to the party, how about Bill's Famous Cheese Spreads? Oh, baby. Um Obviously, it's something that uh, we at the Blockout Pod have always enjoyed. Uh, Smoke Gouda, the spicy. Mm. Yes. And thank you, Fred, for that uh, interjection into the middle of the ad read. That really added a lot. I heard Patrick Mahomes rub some <laughs> on his ankle, and that's why he was able to play. <laughs> there is the original. There is the uh there is the Gouda. There is the – are they doing the bourbon pecan anymore? I'm not sure. I know that they do the dill. Um, and I have understood uh, – we've been told that uh, the website had been down, and I know that we had promoted that website at one time. Uh, but go back to the website and check it out. It is back up. It will let you know where you can uh, where you can buy Bill's Famous Cheese Spreads. And trust me when I say it, if you bring it to the Super Bowl party, especially if people aren't familiar with it, you're going to be the MVP of that party. People are going to love it. Absolutely. Just don't leave. (laughs) (laughs) At halftime. Use promo code CHIEFS and you get buy one, get the second one for regular price. Yeah. uh, (laughs) You got cheese at socks, man. If you... uh, If you add the uh, promo code Tuna, he'll buy your second. He'll buy your second. Uh, your second canister. And folks, tuna don't eat tuna. Okay, he don't eat tuna. <laughs> Only if it's hey if Travis. It's got Bill's uh, cheese you know on what it. I happen to be looking at uh, and notice that this happened, but I looked at some of our bets and how they went. Oh, yeah. And I noticed that the Louisville Cardinals won this weekend. And I was actually oh, going to mention week. that. I was going to mention that here at the end of the show because um, I did not <laughs> bet against Louisville this week um, because I had uh, looked at some numbers, some Pomeroy numbers and that, and uh, they had said that this was their not only their best opportunity to cover for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. 
but their best opportunity to win a basketball game for the rest of the season. I think so Duke beat Georgia Tech by like forty three points, yeah. like right so before that. I did not touch that game. Um, I am gonna. I mean, I'll just go ahead and say it since I got that segue here. Um, aside from Florida State, who Florida State has gone in the tank as well. Mm-hmm. Other than that game, bet against Louisville for the rest <laughs> of the season. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I do have a couple. We are getting going going into this four game stretch. I wanted to go at least two and two in this. We lost to Boston College. We lost to Notre Dame. So Georgia Tech and Florida State are only hopes, and that's to get to four wins. Isn't that good amazing? Luck. Yeah, but we're going to win the ACC tournament to you, and backdoor sir. in, so it's it's all good. <laughs> they would make a Disney movie about. It's that. okay. Kenny's building a culture here. Oh boy, <laughs> I I did lose a horrendous bet that I made. Uh, tell us about it. Well, uh, I said, take Bama all day. I don't care what the points are versus oh, yeah. Oklahoma. And they got shellacked. <laughs> and I mean embarrassingly shellacked by a horrible Sooner team. What happened? Basketball's a weird sport. Hey, that, that, College uh, basketball this year is probably the weirdest the, thing. There's so much pair. I can't remember a time. Where there's not at least five teams that you know are just right. above everyone else. How does we don't have that. How does Mississippi State win in overtime over uh, in that challenge? How do they win that game? Uh, who do they beat, Travis? Uh, Kansas, uh, was it Kansas, Kansas State? State? Yep. Yeah. It was hotter yep. than hell. Yep. yep. Like, dude, it was amazing how some of the – like, I'm saying that the Big 12 did better in that challenge – because it is just a challenge. But it was amazing to see some of the ranked teams that the SEC actually beat. I know, and we actually discussed that, uh, the the slate of ball games, and I found it interesting that I was as I was watching the games and watching the scores come in, a lot of the games that we went, oh, well, that's going to be a terrible be game. A terrible game. Ended up being some of the best, most entertaining, closest, most hard-fought games uh, of the entire thing. Now, I am uh, I am very much looking forward to Saturday at 4 o'clock. Uh, Purdue comes to Indiana. It should have been college game day. It's not. Instead, we get two unranked ACC teams in <laughs> Duke and North Carolina, which... Whatever, I get it. Uh, but uh, Purdue, and this pains me to say it, and I apologize to all my IU people that uh, that are listening right now, but Purdue is a really, really impressive basketball team. They're fun to watch, in my opinion. I really enjoy the way they play. And uh, Indiana's going to have their hands full on Saturday at Assembly Hall. But it will be an unbelievable environment there, and uh, I can't wait to I can't wait to watch it. Do you guys have a uh, a college basketball yeah. game? That well, you're it's just it to? sucks, man. That it, they're, they're playing at the same time. Texas at Kansas State. I love watching games at yeah. Kansas State. I think that's probably one of the funnest environments in college basketball this year. But both games are at four o'clock. Um, I'm probably going to be watching the Purdue IU game because just local interest and and it's a rivalry it's a big time rivalry so that one intrigues me a little bit more um other than that i mean i mean we we got miami clemson uh auburn at tennessee 
That has potential. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Kansas Iowa State at noon. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That could be that could be a fun one. You love Iowa State. There's a lot of Big Twelve teams I like, man. Um, Fred, you have your eyes on anything this weekend as far as college basketball is concerned? Gonzaga St. Mary's late night ten thirty tip. Yeah. Tonight St. Mary's San Francisco. I'm kind of looking the Dons Gonzaga game tonight. Uh, not that, I mean, they're playing anybody important, but I think it'll be a fun game. I like when Gonzaga's on at 11 o'clock. Uh, the, the, the family's in bed, and I like to watch a good late-night game. Uh, oh, I, I agree. Uh, you know, um, I don't know. I'm looking on here. Uh, wait a minute. Oregon and Arizona play tonight, don't they? Is that tonight or tomorrow uh, night? Is that tonight at ten thirty? Hold on, no. let me pull that up. We've been having some internet issues here at the uh, Bill's yeah, Famous Cheese Bread that's Studios. Ten thirty. Oregon, Arizona is tonight. Okay. Um, yeah, that'll be a that's going to be a pretty damn good game there. I'm thinking. I don't know. Maybe if that game was at Oregon. I, yeah, I just I don't feel but, it. Uh, I would agree with what that. What I want to tell everybody is what I'm looking for forward to, and this is what we've talked about, is as the Super Bowl continues on and we hit on that, we are going to do a, a new uh, we're going to do a new segment moving forward. And it's going to be we're going to talk about uh, I think you guys will look forward to this. Uh, old and young, uh, but we're going to start through college basketball and everything. Of course, we'll start talking about the NBA a little bit, but we're going to start giving our favorite teams uh, in college, like, say, our, final, our, our favorite Final Four teams. We're going to list every one of them right down to the damn subs, talk about them, talk about who they lost to, in the championship, or I mean, in the uh, Sweet 16, or in the field of 64, whatever it may be, uh, but we still love the team and the players for it, and I think that will bring back a lot of memories for people. And that is right in uh, my wheelhouse, because I am, uh, if nothing else, I am a uh, child of probably from about 1982 until man i'm right there with you 82 early 2000s is my wheelhouse as far as college basketball goes yeah see 82 uh tuna was i'm uh, I'm a few years behind you guys (laughs) and i am looking forward to that and i've actually been doing a little uh show prep uh and watching some games on youtube of some of those teams that i love i know what we need to say real quick we need to talk about who passed away the night we were doing our show. Billy Packer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of God. course. Of course. That was the most. I know e- we're going over the limit, guys. No, but, but we've that is got a, to talk about Billy Packer. Real that is quick. a great point. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Packer um, was a commentator on the final four from 1975 until I think 2008, 2002, right? uh, Kansas Memphis overtime game was his final game. No, I'm pretty sure it was 2008. 
Oh, I thought it was 2002. Yeah, that would no, it was way later than 2000. It was 2008 ish. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, it was 2008. I'm almost probably, it was 1975 to 2000. It absolutely was. Well, was that Kansas and Memphis? Yes, that was Calipari yeah. down there, and that was right. um, I'm sorry. the yeah. free throws. Yes. Right. It went, well, it went into overtime. And yeah. I know a lot of people uh, didn't like him because he had that acerbic kind of wit and the, you know, the way that he would talk about things. Some. But I felt like. To me, and I'm sure a lot of college basketball fans feel the same way. I mean, he was the voice of the big games for as long as I knew. You had to like it. And so many games, you know, even like regular season games, uh, him and Nance were doing games in the early 90s when Indiana was so good. And, you know, you knew. Yeah. You just knew that it was a big game. When he was there, it was the biggest game in the country that night. And we've kind of lost that because there's a thousand channels on TV anymore and, you know, a hundred different ways to listen or to watch your games or to listen to your games. But there was a moment in time where if Billy Packer was in your building that night, it was the biggest game in the country. And right. that is cool. And I, dude, dur- oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was just going to say, I, I felt like he was maybe one of the most polarizing guys as far as. I think almost every fan base complained about him oh, yeah. to the max. Yeah. They but all then, thought that, that that he hated yeah, him. <laughs> absolutely. But then also there was the think about Tom Brady. Everybody disliked him, but everybody right. respected him and had good things to say about him at the end and and he did his job well. He was great at it and every fan base that talked crap about him circled back around and was like, "Man, I miss Billy Packer yeah. after he was right. gone. There, yeah. there was not, there was never a more, and the word I like to use, and I think I did when I texted y'all, right when we got home from our right. show. Right, And it really hit me hard. I was like, there was no, there was never a more ferocious announcer during a game than Billy Packer. I mean, he was so into the game that he didn't care what anybody said or and would just Are you attack. holding a Super Bowl ring? No, that's my champagne cork. Oh, okay. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. I just I was like And uh and dude go on. and and he was just so like Jim, they're not, they're not you know what I'm saying? Like he would just yell and go they don't know what they're doing right here. They, they're not playing. I mean, dude, and you would go, what? What the hell's going on when you're watching the game? Like, he was, I, I know that sounds crazy, but sometimes during the game, he would throw some chaos in there. And he was just so, they all said that he knew his X's and O's and everything so well and what was going on on the floor. Like Jim Nance said, he knew Everything happening at every second, and he did, and he had good re- he had good relationships with a lot of coaches, yeah. especially the old school coaches. And he was just like the excitement was there, whether you liked it or not, you were stuck with him. And you know he, what I mean? He didn't do the uh, he didn't do the, and I'm I, I love Dick Vitale, but he didn't do the oh, no, what he, I would consider oh, the artificial yeah, like the he's a PTP. He doesn't. No. He would just go. 
Jim, he didn't get out there on the on the closeout right, out there, the, right, you know, right. the right way we're supposed Jim, to. Jim, this guy's really, really playing well right here. You know, like I mean, dude, he was just on. They can't stop him. Remember one time during Mashburn against Wake Forest, Rodney Rogers, he goes, Jim, they can't stop him. They just can't stop him. Well, well it was always a treat when you were like. You'd watch your team, and this is back before everything was on ESPN Plus, and you would have, like, your regional announcers. Like, I know Louisville had Don Russell and David Sullivan growing up. So, like, those Indiana games, had Chuck Marlowe yeah. and John Laskowski. And then you'd get to that point where, like, you knew when Billy Packer was calling your game, it was a treat. You're like, this is a special game because right. I've got, I've got right. the voice. I've and, got and the guy. Travis like, is right. Everybody, all these guys now, I love Billis, but he's so nice. Vitale is, you know, patting everybody on the back. They all are. Mike Tarina, whoever. They're all so nice. Billy Packer didn't give a shit who you were or what you were. He just knew he was going to call the best game of the night, and he was going to give you every inch of sweat that he had to offer. And that's what I love about him, man. Sweaty he inches. Care. Yeah, and, and you honestly... You really aren't ever going to have that again because of the because of the prolifer- proliferation of uh, <laughs> of channels and uh, everybody's on television now and you know every Big Ten game every SEC game's mm-hmm. on but but Tuna that was a great point that you had your little regional announcers but man you knew yep that if Packer if it was Packer and Musburger mm-hmm. at one time. If uh, I mean, I remember when it was Dick Enberg, Al McGuire, and, and Billy, Billy Packer. Packer, and that was the real I mean, deal. That may be the greatest three-man booth in the history of American sports. And you didn't even American know if Packer sports. and McGuire even liked each other, but they were together doing the game. It yeah. didn't matter. Yeah. It's rare to see the three-man crews anymore. I think Monday Night Football did it last season, or two seasons ago. With um, I, I don't even remember. I still who love was, that but, Final yeah. Four game. I'll never forget it when he goes. It's halftime. No, goes, it was there oh, was there was it was thirteen it. minutes into 13 the game. Thirteen minutes in the game was Kansas versus uh, who was it? And Packer uh, goes, this game is over. <laughs> thirteen <laughs> minutes into the 30, ball game, and, and they're up like thirty. And whatever. Jim Nance, Jim Nance goes, goes, really, really? <laughs> what goes, do you mean? He goes, he goes yep, yep. <laughs> he goes, yep. <laughs> uh, hey, Fred, I am so glad that you mentioned that. We are uh, getting up against uh, our time limit here for our show tonight. I really do appreciate everybody that's uh, stuck with us, that's listened to us uh, through thirteen episodes. Um, I feel like every week it gets a little bit better and a little bit better. Um, reach out to us at, at, uh, at blockout pod on Twitter, and we will discuss our Facebook page, uh, after I get it up and live later on this week. I also want to, uh, give a shout out quickly before we end tonight, uh, was my last game, uh, as coach at, uh, collegiate. And uh, any of the guys that are listening, we had a hell of a win tonight. And, uh, right. And uh, I've enjoyed this season coaching, although it's been extremely stressful. I've enjoyed it maybe as much as any season I've ever coached. Uh, Tuna, you got anything to end us with? He's yeah, putting just, on um, his Cheez-It socks right now. <laughs> they're toasty. Um, 
Real quick, one, one quick bet I've got. It's a it's a quick future bet. Um, I, I'd like to get it out there. The Bears announced that they are sticking with Justin Fields and are looking to trade the number one overall draft pick. So as of right now, you can get Bryce Young, second Bama reference, to Drink. be drafted number one overall at minus 125. I think those are great odds. I think it's going to go up from there. I think he's the one can't-miss quarterback, and any team that trades up really? to one is going to get him. So I'm not saying he has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in the draft. I think he is probably the most can't-miss quarterback in the draft. Freddie. Uh, I just want to say good luck to uh, Bama. Drink. Drink. <laughs> on finding their offensive coordinator. <laughs> and uh, I really do hope, and I have been saying this. Maybe you should apply. For three weeks. I really would love to see Bryce Young in a Indianapolis Colts uniform. I think he's the right guy. He's got the right character. He's got the right uh, 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 family. He's got everything that matches all the great things that the Indianapolis Colts stand for, and I hope that happens. And as long as uh, the Colts don't hire Jeff Saturday to ruin that, I would love that as well. <laughs> He's the perfect fit for Jeff Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, we will be back next week with a uh, deep dive into the Super Bowl. We will get uh, further into college basketball. We will get further into the NBA. We love that you guys are uh, listening and have stuck with us uh, here at the Blockout Pod. And golf. Oh, yeah. We didn't even touch on we'll golf, golf. Which, which I wanted to this week, but we're horribly out of time. Josh right Allen's now. elbow looks really good, though. <laughs> we'll talk about that next week as well. Uh, for the big fella, the tuna country Matt Kemp, and the fabulous one, Freddie Benders. Whoop, whoop. From behind the master control desk at the Bill's Famous Cheese Spread studio in the downstairs pub, this is Travis Carter saying... So long, everybody.